Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Oral Health Foundation's Oral Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Ben Atkins. I've been a dentist for over 20 years. I'm also on the board of the trustees for the Oral Health Foundation, so I'm delighted to be part of these new podcasts where we'll be discussing some of the most current issues around oral health. This is the second of three-part series in which myself and two guests will be giving lots of good oral health advice on some of the most common pitfalls to avoid and how we can all improve the health of our mouths. Last week we talked about gum health. If you didn't catch the episode, you can go to the Oral Health Foundation's website at dentalhealth.org and listen again. In this second podcast, we'll all be talking about diet in relation to oral health, how important it is and how closely the two are intertwined, what the consequences of an unhealthy diet can mean to your mouth, and also give you some of the most common food and drink sins when it comes to our teeth, as well as what we can replace with them. With all that said, it's time to introduce my two guests. Firstly, I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Saoirse O'Toole, a clinical lecturer at King's College London's Faculty of Dentistry. Sersha's research is focused on tooth wear, which we'll be discussing on next week's podcast when we discuss dental erosion. Hello, Sersha. Hi, Ben. <laughs> Secondly, joining us is Dr. Nigel Carter. Nigel has been the chief executive of the Oral Health Foundation for the last 22 years. Previously, a dentist based in Birmingham, he was recently awarded an OBE for services to dentistry and dental health. Hello, Nigel. Hi, Ben. Great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. Just before we start, I need to say a really big thank you to our sponsors for these podcasts, GSK. GSK are one of the world's largest providers of specialist oral healthcare products. GSK help people around the world to do more, feel better and live longer. They also have some of the largest oral healthcare brands such as Sensodyne, Pro Enamel and Corsodil. To find out more, visit sensodyne.co.uk forward slash about enamelware. Now, before we get on to oral health and diet, this week is National Smile Month. This is a campaign by the Oral Health Foundation and aims to engage everybody about the importance of healthy mouth. It's also one of the main reasons we're doing these podcasts today. So, Nigel, can you tell me more about National Smile Month? National Smile Month's uh, an amazing campaign because it's now in its 43rd year uh, and really has been promoting oral health uh, across the UK and uh, worldwide for very many years now. It's a campaign that focuses on the benefits of the smile, why a healthy smile is so good for us and the benefits of maintaining good oral health. But in a fun way, lots of activities out there going on with dental practices opening their doors, having uh, open house days, through to dentists clubbing together and uh, going into shopping centres, maybe having displays where they see members of the public and promote oral health. 
serious message there about the value of oral health and we know that if people have got good oral health and a nice smile it affects obviously their personal relationships very often the smile is the first thing that we look at when we meet somebody but it can also affect their their jobs their careers um, how they fare when they go for interview whether it's for a job or for a university place so really fun activities out there focusing on a serious subject and going on uh, through to the middle of June. It's something close to all our hearts, working in the dental profession, um, prevention of in basically making our mouths healthier, really. But nine out of ten people believe that they that eating healthily is important for maintaining good oral health. Now, that's something we see from the first day you go to dental school about diet and how important it is so how, how do you feel that that's influenced your career so far and i mean you've seen changes over our diet and our knowledge in the public sector of what people's views are on diet what's your thoughts i think uh, our mouth is really a gateway for our overall health and i think that that can sometimes come across we know there's increasing um disadvantages with eating sugar and we know that the more sugar we eat the unhealthier we are overall and this really shows in the mouth um, the WHO have released guidelines saying that we should all really cut down our sugar intake to 5% of our to total sugar intake and I think that this is something that we're becoming increasingly aware of. We often think about if, for example, e eating fruit and vegetables, it's important, important what we do. We all have that. We understand that five portions of fruit and veg is really important to our diet. How do you get the message over to your patients sometimes how it's going to affect their mouths, Nigel? What, what, what's your thoughts? Because we, we all know it, and often finding the time, finding the implication, it's that. Yeah, I think the, the dental profession have been campaigning around uh, sugary foods and reducing the consumption of sugary foods for many years. And it feels as though over the last few years with the WHO guidelines, guidelines uh, in the UK, the second guidelines, reducing the amount of um, free sugar in foods, that our messages have sort of been hijacked by obesity and by diabetes. Um, but we do have to remember that uh, tooth decay is the most common non-communicable disease worldwide. It perhaps doesn't have the severity of impact that diabetes and obesity might have, but it's another very good reason for looking at your sugar intake. And what really is difficult in this situation is when we take this 90% of people recognizing that healthy eating is important for good oral health and that five a day fruit and vegetables is important for maintaining good oral health people simply don't cut down on that unhealthy snacking in between meals and that's really where we need to um, get at reducing the overall leather level of sugar. We've changed a little bit over the, the last few years. Uh, we used to talk very much about how often you had the sugar. Uh, the key message now is the total amount of sugar that you have. But one very good way of reducing that uh, is actually reducing the number of snacks that we have in between meals. And so many of those snacks are unhealthy, high in free sugars. 
So I think there's research coming out that our snacking habits are changing. And as a global population, we're tending to snack more uh, as food is more readily available to us. Um, I think we're quite bad as a profession of saying, you know, you shouldn't have this, you shouldn't have this. And I don't think we're as good at saying you can have this and you can have the uh, other things. And I think the message to get across five portions of fruit and vegetables at least a day, and you can have as, you know, as many of those as, as you want, ideally not between meals, particularly with fruit, uh, because it can uh, cause acid damage to your teeth, particularly fruits like citrus fruits or apples. Uh, some types of mangoes can be very acidic and frequent snacking on those can cause damage to your teeth from both a sugar point of view and from an acid point of view. But as many vegetables as you want and ideally with meals. Something you look at when you... I always go back to having my children and what their diets are about because you see the dried fruits, you see you see the, the smoothies that say they've got one or two portions of their five a day and it's we live in a very fast lifestyle now. You want that shortcuts and things. What I'm finding is if I'll give my child some fruit, it, they're cessated, they're, they're, they're full, they're, whereas actually some dried fruit is almost exactly the same. It's and a it, sugar it, hit. It's a sugar hit, isn't it? It's yeah. almost a sweet. Yeah. So... Nigel, can you go further on when you talked about the the free the free sugars? What's a free? Yeah, sugar? I, I think this is um, is very important, and there is confusion there. And a lot of parents, very well meaning, are giving things that they think are healthy, like fruit juice, like dried fruit as a snack, uh, and these are very high in in sugar. I mean, the, the jury is a little bit out on dried fruit as to whether it counts as free sugar. Uh, or um, intrinsic sugar that's actually bound up in the product. Where we can really look at our diet and reduce the amount of free sugar, these are the ones that are going to be listed on the ingredients on the back. It will tell you how much free sugars is there. When we look at the ingredients, um, the sugars usually end in O's. So we've got sucrose, maltose, lactose, and a whole host of other oses. And we can basically say, if there's an ose there, it's bad for you. And that's the area that we're looking to reduce. And many apparently healthy things, like fruit juices, have huge amounts of added sugar. Um, and so it's not as simple as saying, all oh, right, fruit juice is good for you. It's one of your five a day. Um, so it's just spoken about the uh, effects of the acid that's that's one effect uh, which we're going to be talking about uh, next week when we talk about erosion but the added sugar is a real problem you're also um, concentrating that sugar quite a lot so if you have one apple that's one portion that's one sugar whereas often with the juice you're putting in maybe three apples and maybe an orange and so you're having a lot more of the sugar, but without the added benefits of the fiber. So I think it's pretty widely recognized now that fruit juices aren't good for you. Um, and definitely, if you're having them, have them, enjoy them, but in moderation. I think looking as a parent, you, you look at, it's a treat, isn't it? You know, it was almost like when we grew up, it was having an orange juice with breakfast was being healthy. You know, mm. well, actually, you, you, really good point is how many oranges would it take to eat a glass of orange? You know, how, much, how many oranges in that glass of juice you're having? And it's a shortcut. 
Whereas actually, eat four oranges, you'll probably be full after that because of all the roughage and the closer it is to a, a whole fruit or a whole vegetable, then the better for you it is, really. It's quite sad when you go around and you see this whole industry that's developed around juicing, mashing up fruits and vegetables, actually you're taking away all their nutritional benefit, yeah. even if it's vegetables that have a nutritional benefit. If you crush them up, you're taking away the fibre content, which is why we're eating the, the vegetables in the first place. So all these sort of ninja machines and things like this really aren't good for us at all, and we should be steering away from them. You raised a very interesting point, though, about youth, um, because one of the other very sad things, and this is particularly from the uh, dental health point of view, is that many of the baby foods are very high in sugar. A lot of the baby purees are based on apple and very high in sugar. Now, you can get healthier ones that are based on vegetables, um, but we're teaching our, our babies, they're not even children at that stage, at a very early age, that something containing sugar tasting sweet is good. Babies do not really naturally have a sweet tooth, and the use of... Um, sweet things uh, as rewards, whether it is the, the dried fruit or, or through to the traditional confectionery and sweets and cakes and biscuits, um, very often used as a reward. And we, we're training our children that these things are good, whereas in fact they're the worst things for us. I think it's also important to touch on whenever you're having these juices and having these snacks, what are what would you what are you replacing so instead of water you're now having a juice and we know that particularly younger people are less likely to have teas coffees drink milk drink plain water a lot of them are now switching to caffeinated um uh, caffeinated soft drinks and reducing their intake of water uh teas coffees and tea and coffee is relatively safe for your teeth uh, provided you have them without sugar I think it's very important there to, to bring in these uh, the, the, the fizzy drinks, the carbonated drinks, because these are one of the major sources of um, free sugars in our, in our diet. And I don't think that people in general realise quite how much sugar is in these things. I mean, in, in a can of um, Coke, we've got 12 spoons of sugar. If you actually took your... Um, traditional cup of tea or coffee and decided that you're going to add 12 spoons of sugar in you would find it like sickly syrup and you wouldn't want to drink it um, so we're, we're hoodwinked by the way that this sugar is hidden in products and, and uh, there are sugar-free alternatives available which are whilst not necessarily healthy are less harmful um, not for acid damage for dental decay yes yeah. <laughs> acid drinks are just as bad for from an acid damage point of or diet drinks are just as bad from an acid point of view than non-diet yeah, absolutely drinks. yeah so so having having a considering all, all the play with food and drink and the manufacturers, who do you feel responsible for that? The education, because we look at um, traffic light systems in healthcare and the outside of food packaging, more the salt content. What? How do you think the the government legislation? How do you think manufacturers can actually be more involved in patient education? I th I think there's two levels that reduction of sugar. 
uh, is working. One has been the sort of corporate social responsibility approach where companies are voluntarily trying to reduce the amount of, of sugar in their products. And the other one, obviously, has been the heavy cudgel of hmm. the sugar tax. Uh, and it was quite sad to see that the pudding tax uh, that was being mooted during last year has actually been rejected because that would have been the next step in a, in a logical process. And there's certainly evidence from a number of countries around the world now that when sugar taxes have been introduced, uh, not only has general health started to improve, but levels of dental decay have also started to reduce. So there's, a, there's an important um, method of control there. I think one of the things that's happened over probably the last uh, 30 years or so is the increase in processed foods. Uh, many years ago, you wouldn't have gone along to the supermarket and seen all these rows of chillers with pre-prepared meals in. And it's quite fascinating when you actually look at the ingredients in there, how often sugar is the second or third ingredient on the list so you might be buying a chicken dish and it'll say chicken sugar there's no need for sugar in there if we were cooking it ourselves at home we wouldn't use sugar but sugar unfortunately is a cheap bulking ingredient for food and sauces and therefore it's used far more than you would in home cooking and I think that's a, another area that people need to look at it's not just the areas where they're expecting to find sugar look at these food labels, they are quite informative. But we've also got to appreciate that realistically, for a parent going around a supermarket, dragging two fractious toddlers behind them, they can't stop and look at every label. So there has to be a responsibility there for the manufacturers, for the supermarkets, to actually look at the levels of sugar in products. Are they necessary? And start to reduce them. I think it's really helpful, the initiative taken by the supermarkets to stop putting sweet treats at the end of checkouts and to substitute those. And I'd encourage any supermarkets who are going down that lines. I think it's a great idea and you're doing good work. Yeah, I think it's um, that's a battle we've been having for very many years. Chuck Sweets off the checkout, I think, first came out in the uh, early 80s and they have a habit of disappearing and then gradually reappearing later. <laughs> uh, and one unfortunate thing, one of the supermarkets who will remain nameless took the sweets off the checkout, so the pester power of the children at the checkout to have uh, sweets as they left was replaced by a bottle of wine which I'm sure the parents actually needed equally as much after, <laughs> after taking the children around the supermarket. Yeah. I think uh, going back to um, uh, children and soft drinks and fizzy drinks as well, the combination is, so just say, cola-based beverages, which also have a lot of caffeine in them. And if you're giving your child the equivalent of a coffee with 12 sugars in it, there's no way that we would do that. And I think it's being conscious that they are children. Um, you can guide them and their choices to a large extent and delaying the their taste buds of getting used to these kind of carbonated beverages and trying to put them as uh, try to put them on as uh, drinking as much water as they can is very useful. In Mexico, uh, after the sugar tax was introduced, sales of water went up by 12%. Now, obviously, we we don't have 
well, concrete data on the health impacts of that, but we know that any increased consumption of water is a good thing. It's worth saying we, we, we've spoken a lot about and we've assumed that uh, demon sugar is out there, but we haven't actually said how it affects oral health. Uh, and I think it's worth talking about the mechanism of decay uh, in the mouth. And it's basically a situation that we have bacterial plaque forming on our teeth all the time from when we clean our teeth until the next time we clean our teeth. That contains bacteria and those bacteria just love sugar. Um, they metabolize the sugar and as a result of that they put out acids. Now after very many of those uh, acid attacks that can actually start to cause a cavity in the enamel of the tooth and eventually going through uh, into the dentine. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We're very fortunate we do have a, a, a natural protective mechanism, which is our, our saliva, which contains salts to remineralize um, the tooth. So after the sugar attack, over a period of the next 40 to 50 minutes, that acid that's formed will be neutralized. And this is why it, it's not an instant effect, and it does take so many thousands of those acid attacks before you actually end up with a cavity. The other important thing to add into the equation there is the value of fluoride in toothpaste. Now, fluoride in toothpaste makes the uh, enamel more resistant to the acid attack and also helps in the, in the remineralization process. So our, our regime of brushing twice a day with a fluoride containing uh, toothpaste goes hand in hand with reducing the amount of sugar that we take in. 
think the we are essentially coming from hunter-gatherers and the inbuilt protection that we have in our mouths is astounding. But if we are moving to this snacking um, type way, uh, way of eating where we're constantly having these attacks, our body can't compensate for that and it's not designed for that. So going back to where you're having your sweet things maybe with meals and very much in moderation, um, your body can handle that very well, particularly if you're brushing your teeth well, you're using a fluoride toothpaste. So we've talked about how sugar affects our teeth, but we haven't talked about how it affects our stomach, how, how, what foods, other foods other than sugar can cause, for example, erosion. What, 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 what is your impression on that? What, what, so what foods can cause issues with erosion? So the foods that mainly cause it are fruits. So acidic fruits or just fruits in general, there's very little fruits that actually don't have an acidic potential and that's why we really recommend that you enjoy fruits as much as you want but with meals. Uh, the other things that can cause dental erosion that people might not be so aware of are things like acidic medications or those fruit sweets that you uh, can buy, those packet of fruit sweets, they can be quite acidic. Um, fizzy vitamin C tablets, people are increasingly having those in the morning. And then things like fruit teas can be very acidic. Um, obviously, diet drinks are just as acidic and can damage your teeth as much as a um, as their sugared counterparts. And then juices, uh, smoothies, anything that is fruit based will have will be acidic as well. Even a squeeze of lemon in water uh, can drop the pH such that it can damage your teeth. I think there's another important thing on the medicines front there, uh, on the sugar front. Sugar front, yes. Uh, an awful lot of liquid medicines contain sugar. Um, and that's clearly very important. A lot of the liquid medicines are used for children where they can't take children. There are, for most of these, they're sugar-free alternatives. Um, so do ask your doctor to prescribe a sugar-free alternative. They they might tend not to do this naturally because they're more expensive. Um, but there are sugar-free alternatives out there. Can become important at the other end of life as well. As we get older, um, we've spoken about the saliva being our tooth's natural protective mechanism. Um, many drugs that older people take, and, and older people, as we know, are inclined to take more drugs, can make the mouth dry. And also at that stage, they can be, again, being prescribed medicines containing sugar. So they've lost the tooth's protective mechanism. They're taking in high sugar, and that can lead to rampant decay in, in older age groups. So something to be very aware of and not somewhere where we think about it. This is not the supermarket. We're not looking on the box and seeing, oh, is this healthy for us? Because we've been told it's healthy for us. It's a medicine. But you know, be aware of sugar containing cough linkances and things like that. And maybe ask your doctor if there are any sugar-free versions available. Um, Nigel mentioned acids in regard to tooth decay, and I think this is something that people are a little bit um, confused about, of what is actually acid damage to your teeth if it's also causing decay. If you can imagine a, a cake and there's icing on top of that cake, and what decay is is basically a slice taken out of that cake. Whereas what acid damage is, is somebody pouring hot water all over that cake and then the icing gradually decreasing and decreasing in size until it doesn't look as good um, and the outer layer is gone. And 
I think that whereas with uh, tooth decay, it's the amount of sugar that we really want you to stop eating, whereas with acid damage, it's the frequency. Because again, the, the mouth is very good at compensating for small amounts of acid damage. We're used to fruit intake, we're used to small amounts. But whenever you're constantly sipping on things, if you're nibbling on grapes all the time, you have those water bottles with those fruit in, in the middle of them. And if you're constantly drinking on, on those, then you will get acid damage on your teeth. So what should we eat and drink? What's the, what's the best food for your mouth? Sounds a bit of a strange thing, best food to put in your mouth, but... Ba- basically, a balanced diet. <clears throat> I mean, the healthy drinks are water and milk. Yep. Um, and there's no reason, really, why we should vary from water and milk. But then look at the um, eating well plate, and it's it's the right sort of balance of um, pulses and grains, fruit and vegetables... Um, and it, it, actually, we've got more sophisticated in how that material's represented these days. But certainly, the unhealthy and unoften things are, are off it altogether, or only very infrequently down at the side. Um, so we're getting better at educating the public um, through things like the Change for Life campaign and the, the um, Sugar Smart campaigns. But we do; the, there is more to be done. We know that people out there and. Um, Tooth decay in particular disproportionately affects those who are less well off. Um, And unfortunately, they're the people that are less likely to take notice of the messages that are already out there in the media through campaigns and on food packaging. I think there's a lot of controversies over diet and whether, you know, everybody has opinions over a fat-based diet, a low-carb diet. But I think the one thing that every single healthcare professional agrees on is cut down sugar as much as you can and drink fresh water, uh, plain water as much as you can. And I think if you do those, you're off to a really good start for your overall health and definitely your mouth. I think a really good idea is for if your patient does a, a diet sheet. So we've got we understand because often you'll you'll grab a handful of this you'll do and you'll not notice you're eating it. It's that reflection as a as you're responsible for your own diet, and it's sometimes just a little light bulb moment. What before something actually goes wrong? Maybe just have a quick look at. Especially my children, that's what I do with my kids, and we went through this. Oh, that's where they've got that from because it's this has happened, and often it may be something at school, something in my case my parents or my wife's parents or so because we're 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 quite a. A mixed group of carers now, rather than just the traditional nuclear family. It's, there's a lot more extended care these days, and understanding where the food and drinks coming from, really. And I think the you know cultural things do play a part um, because you've got the the habit in offices these days of, of the birthday mm. and the cakes come in. Now, if you're in an office of if you're in an office of fifteen twenty people, that's happening on an almost weekly basis, and you've got this binge of high sugar, unhealthy products. And you can often find that with patients where they've been stable, stable mouths for a very long time, then they change jobs or a situation changes, and all of a sudden they come with decay, and you're like, "What happened?" And they've said, "I've moved office to a snacking office." And They're very relevant in. I mean, they're starting to make inroads into it in in hospitals and the NHS, um, they've still got unhealthy vending machines in, in a lot of NHS uh, outlets. The food for the hospital workers 
now has to be balanced and low sugar and much healthier than it always was because it was some of the unhealthiest food that I've ever seen. I mean, I, I used to breakfast on a doughnut and Coke when I was a student, which hopefully wouldn't be available anymore in the same way. But um, quite strangely, the patients, their diet and the meals that they're being fed have not become low sugar. Mm. And that's that's got to be the next stage, is to take this whole ethos through because this is a an educational opportunity while a patient's in hospital to actually start to wean them towards a healthier diet and if the hospital and the, the reality is we're down to sugar being a cheap bulking agent again it's cheap to give people sugar it's also worth watching out for low fat foods because that can sometimes mean high sugar yeah and I think that comes back to manufacturers and what is the good thing. And it, realistically, a, a balanced diet is, is what we've got to do and, and think about what we're putting into our mouths. Yeah, snacking as well. Yeah. Uh, with the regards to pregnancy, a lot of pregnant women believe that... Um, you know, the pregnancy can damage their teeth, and that's not true. But when you look at the behaviours of a, a pregnant woman, they might be more exhausted, they're hungry, they might snack more, and then the children come along, they're definitely exhausted, <laughs> they might be snacking more, they're preparing meals, they're trying bits of the meals, they're having the end of children's foods, they're testing to see if, if you know, the food isn't too spicy. So they're increasing their frequency of the the way that they're snacking and that's what damages teeth it's it's not the underlying physiological process of pregnancy and we, we've spoken about pester power and things like the the sweets on the checkout um there's also a lot of work going on and it's very relevant to actually look at how uh unhealthy products are promoted um across across the lifestyle but particularly to um children and the place where these products are placed in in supermarkets and shops where they're at children's eye level and pester power level and we have to get away from this being seen as something that's desirable um, and actually look at healthy alternatives healthy snacking i think we could go on talking about this for a while sadly we've run out of time I'd like to remind everybody that they can learn more about diet and oral health by visiting Oral Health Foundation's website at dentalhealth.org. As it's National Smile Month, we could also do with your support in championing good oral health by visiting smilemonth.org for more information about our charity's campaign and how you can get involved. A huge thank you to Dr Nigel Carter and Dr Saoirse O'Toole for being with us today. Thank you both Saoirse and Nigel. This has been great. I think we've really hit on some excellent points during this session and I hope that our audience is able to take away some useful information and advice about diets and impact on our oral health. Another big thank you to GSK who've kindly sponsored this podcast. Without their support we wouldn't have been able to be here today recording this. I'm Dr Ben Atkins. Thank you for tuning in and we'll look forward to hosting another Oral Health Foundations podcast next week. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.